Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk shit. Recorded live.
there's so many people right now, no, no way I'm going to worship Assad. No way will I worship the Pope. But as soon as fire comes down out of heaven, they will be worshiping Assad and the Pope. And so it's no difference to worship the true God only after miracles. It's hypocritical, and I have to think, who will I trust and who will I even have anything to do with if they're only going to serve God only because of miracles? You know, we got to serve God in the valley, day and night, in the deep time, the dark time. So we have to think about it. Uh, that's my carnal nature, partly speaking. Uh, truth is, I will accept people as long as they're not, <clears throat> as long as they're not the enemy, comes to disturb. As long as they're uh, people that's not bringing in witchcraft and Satanism and confusion, we have to accept people. <clears throat> Some people have to hit rock hard bottom. I have to think of myself that I compromise. I'm still compromising. We are all compromising. Every one of us still compromised. Still. So, I have no right to speak about these people. I'm just saying. So, inventing. Have mercy on me. Alright, let's go to page number two. Page two. Thank you, 
so let's uh, go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for one another, our brothers and sisters. Thank you that you have provided a place for us to meet where it's warm and safe and secure and that the electorate is real good here. There's a real low electorate. The building is very well insulated. We thank you for that. We thank you for the provision. We thank you for the truth, for your word, for confirmation of your word, for the word you've given us today, for what we're going to receive today, Lord, to help us to continue to grow, become more in the center of your will. We ask, Father, in Jesus' name, you help all of us to stop compromising, Lord, to get 100% surrendered to you, Father. Um, we are the core foundational members of this body, of this congregation that is going to multiply greatly, and they're going to be looking to us. And we know the way people think. We know the way people act. We know the way people talk. And uh, so the, the core and the foundational group has to get it together about not compromising about things. Uh, we've got to be very serious and be the leaders of those that will come and not give them reason to call us hypocrites, not give them reason to say um, or have reasons to not come because of our actions. So, uh, and me being the leader especially, Lord, uh, as well as Britain. So <clears throat> I ask you, Father God, your mercy and grace, but not only your mercy and grace, but your purifying and your correction, Lord. I ask you, God, to continue to correct me my words, my thoughts, my actions, my feelings, my emotions, the way I act, the way I look, the way I talk. Correct me, Lord, and change me, Lord. I don't want to excuse that this is the way I am, but rather what I am supposed to become in you, Lord. I'm not to look at the past or even at the present. I am to look upon you and the future. It is about the kingdom. It is about tomorrow, not about today and yesterday. Help me to look at you and your kingdom, your plan, and help me to fall in line, more than fall in line. Help me, Lord, to step in line with your plans, Lord, of what you want me to become, Lord. Shine your light in me and upon me. Change me and transform me. Change my mind. Change my heart. Help me to not stop changing, to always continue to grow more and more mature in you. Respect you, honor you, and love you more, Lord. You are my hope. You are my foundation. You are my refuge, my high tower, my refuge, my counselor, my everything. Lord, shine your heart, your mind into my heart and my mind and let me become more like you, Lord. You are my mentor. You are my example. You are my leader and the head of this church, Lord. We bow unto you, Father. Have your way, Father, in this service, Lord. Have your way, Father, in all of this. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Okay. Was somebody knocking on the door? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) 
I tell you, sounds like doors opening and people knocking all the time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, at least we know it's not no haunts. We know that. They're not allowed around here. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Uh, We'll be starting in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. Book of Psalms, written to be sung, played on musical instruments, sung as uh, songs in the congregation on the seventh day and the holy days. Praise the Lord. For the record, in the Roman calendar is January the 9th, January 9th, 2016 AD, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be his name. Holy be his name. And in God's created calendar is the 29th day. 29th day of the 10th month. Almost the end of the month here. 29th day of the 10th month. While some of mine, last week I encouraged people to, to print out uh, all the calendars through the end of 2019 from the website. If you have not done that yet, I really encourage you to do it. And um, you might want to put on there for 2017, August August 21st, 2017. I forget what day of the week that is, but August 21st, 2017, there will be a total solar eclipse that is going to be a total, total eclipse here in eastern Tennessee. Different places in the world will be a different magnitude of eclipse, half eclipse, whatever. But here it will be a total eclipse. And that's important, I think, to write down these eclipses ahead of time so that when they happen, we won't be confused to think it's something biblical or something else. We will know that it's scientific, that it was scheduled ahead of time by God millions of years ago, and that it's not some kind of biblical prophecy thing. So when that sun eclipses on that day, we won't be mystified or confused or misinterpreted. And, uh, because people will. In that day and time, the middle of 2017, and, and it's going to be in the midst of great tribulation, they're going to see that, that solar eclipse, and they're going to think that it's something biblical when it is not. Psalms chapter 8. We'll start in verse 1, verse 1 to verse 4. Verse 1. O G. J-E-H, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. 
May not consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you have thought, that you take thought of him, and the sons of man that you care for him? The main verse here we're going to look at today, starting with, is verse 2. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. The main topic today is going to be about revenge, making the revengeful cease. But before we get really deep into the topic of revenge, there's something else here that God pointed out to me. The word cease. The word cease here in Greek is K-A-T-A-L-Y-O. K-A-T-A-L-Y-O. That's the word in the Greek Setudian. And it is pronounced K-A-T-A-L-O-O-O, which I'm sure that's probably not correct, but that's what they're saying. <laughs> Again, pronounced K-A-T-A-L-O-O. And it means to dissolve, to be destroyed, to be overthrown. So he's saying that God is going to make the enemy and the revengeful be destroyed, be overthrown, to dissolve, to consume away. But in the Syrian translation, Strong's Corinth, what they call Hebrew, it says Sabbath. Amen. So that is powerful. I didn't even look this up as far as like this verse coming to me. I wasn't looking for the word Sabbath. That God had gave me the topic last week and then again last night for this week to be about revenge. And then already knowing that, Jennifer posted on her Facebook wall last night this particular verse. In the context of revenge, I think, and the mouth of babes and children, what they will say. I mean, God speaks through children. Absolutely amazing how God speaks through children. So she didn't write it in the context of anything with the Sabbath. And again, that's not the main topic. But when I saw this about revenge, and I'm like, I'm going to study this verse out, and I look at cease, it was like, look at that, what that word is. And sure enough, the word Sabbath in Syrian. So that shows you right there what the word Sabbath means. It's clear as day. It means to be destroyed, to destroy. Um, now, uh, just like I put on the website, it is not a sin to say the word Sabbath. Uh, the word Sabbath appears in the Greek Setudian and Jesus himself spoke the word Sabbath, I believe. It's written in the New Testament. Uh, But just like we say Saturday, really, really often, we have to. It's in our vocabulary. And uh, if you say seventh day to some people, they think you're talking about Sunday. So we have to say Saturday in our Roman Empire that we're still living in right now. And he was living uh, in, in a place and a time Jesus was when even though Greek was the main language 
Uh, some people, some people knew the Syrian language, and even in the Greek language, even in the Greek language, they had adopted that Syrian word. So he had to say Sabbath to, for the people to understand what he was talking about. To say it is not a sin. But we still must understand what it means, where it came from. And, uh, and among ourselves, among ourselves, use the correct language. I believe that when Jesus was by himself with only him and the twelve, that he said only seventh day and day of rest and stuff like that. I think in public he used a few Syrian words, but still mostly Greek. But among himself, among only his true followers, only his core foundational group, I believe that he did not say Sabbath. Uh, I felt for it in passing, just like I say, Antichrist in passing. Uh, the fact that this came up proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, that I'm in line with what God is showing me. He confirmed it as another confirmation. So um, this is what happens to the wicked that the revenger will savage, be destroyed. Um, we, before we go back into revenge, let's look at a few other examples. Look, keep your finger or bookmark there. We'll come back there when we get back to the main topic. But for right now, uh, Psalms 37. Psalm 37 ought to ring in your mind immediately. Or if it doesn't yet, that it will start ringing into your mind immediately about what 37 is. Psalm 37 is one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible about the fate of the wicked. So you really need to remember Psalm 37. It's one of the best places you can turn to to show people what happens to the wicked. Psalm 37, there's a lot of good verses for that, but we're not going to dwell on that. We're going to look at the word Sabbath. Psalm 37, verse 8. Psalm 37, verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Now, the word cease in this case is an entirely different Greek and Syrian word. So, it was cease in chapter 8 that meant destroy. But this right here don't mean to destroy. It doesn't say destroy from anger. That wouldn't even make sense. Cease from anger means stop from anger. So this particular Syrian word is H7503. H7503 in Strong's Corinth, that Syrian word, which is R-A-P-H-A-H. R-A-P-H-A-H. Means to slack, to abate, to idle, to let alone be still, to stay, to stop. Again, to slacken, abate, idle, let alone, be still, stay, stop. So if Sabbath meant that, if Sabbath meant to be still, to stay, to idle, to abate, to slacken, like we do on the seventh day, 
then it would be this word, 7503. This is the word for stopping your work, become idle, you know, not Sabbath. Sabbath means destroy. Um, look at verse 17. Verse 17. For the arms of the wicked will be broken. That word broken there is H7665. H7665. S-H-A-B-A-R. S-H-A-B-A-R. It's related to the word Sabbath. It means break, broken, destroyed, hurt, hurt or tear. 76-65. S-H-A-B-A-R. S-H-A-B-A-R. Break, broken, destroy, hurt, tear is related to the word Sabbath, so it's another confirmation. Okay, now let's go to the main topic. Let's go back to Psalms 8. So I just want to point that out because God definitely did point that out to me as a confirmation, not only to me, but to you as a confirmation. Psalms 8, verse 2, the word revengeful. Both in Syrian and Greek, both. Both the Syrian and Greek, both. It should be translated revenger, a person that takes revenge. Revenger is a more correct translation. So it says, uh, from the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revenger Cease, those that take revenge. Uh, those that take revenge to be destroyed. Sabbath, the revenger's Sabbath. The revenger to be destroyed. Now, how are they going to be destroyed? Two ways. They're going to be destroyed by war. In this day and life, isn't there that scripture that those that live by the sword shall die by the sword? Amen. So they will be destroyed in war in this life. But another way that they will be destroyed ultimately is by the lake of fire. Because those that take revenge are not really living for God. They're not submitting themselves to God. They're not surrendering themselves to God. They are living by cardinalness. They are living by... Uh, uh, the spirit of murder in our minds, in our hearts, to hate people, to take revenge, to come back at someone is of the devil. We have no right to do that. They don't matter if they are guilty and we are innocent. We have no right, no right to take revenge. Now, that's different from uh, defense, self-defense. Somebody comes at you with a knife or something, defend yourself. That's not revenge. Revenge is after they've already done it. It's done and over with. And then 30 minutes later, you're out there slashing their tires or calling uh, somebody to tell them to get revenge on them for the next day or any, any time. That's completely 
different than self-defense. We have a right to self-defense, a human right uh, for survival, but we have no human right for revenge to take it upon ourselves. It's of the devil. Now let's look at some scriptures, other scriptures. Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. Romans chapter Romans 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you, and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another, and do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. It says never. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. It doesn't say only when you're righteous, only when you're in the right, or only when you're in the wrong. It's never. Pay back evil for evil. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, and if possible, so far as it depends on you, to be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge. Never. That's pretty absolute. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vintage is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord, says the Lord. So, if we want revenge, we have to turn it over to God. Let God take care of it. He is the one that can get the best revenge at the right time that is going to be the most painful, that is going to be the most effective. The only thing that's going to happen when we take revenge is we're going to get in trouble ourselves with the law and with God. We're actually hurting ourselves when we take revenge on somebody else. We're bringing trouble to ourselves. Verse 20, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. But we don't do this in order to seek revenge like some people do. Uh, We don't do this in order to get revenge, we don't do this in order to make them burn in their head. 
But rather we do this to show them that we're not guilty of what they accuse us of, that we are not guilty of being hypocrites, that we are not guilty of being worldly or carnal, that we are truly sold out to God, that we are true Christians, that we uh, will not compromise with righteousness and holiness, even though they make us angry, even though they frustrate us, even though they persecute us, even though they hate us, even though they do us wrong, that we're not going to stoop to their level, that we're still going to treat them right. Now, this doesn't mean that you should never disfellowship from anyone because there are scriptures, scripture after scripture after scripture, that talks about removing yourself from people, disfellowshipping people, not hanging out with the wrong crowd. So that's not what it means. But rather, this verse means to continue to do good, to not do bad, to not stoop to their level. Don't prove them right by seeking revenge. You just verified everything they said about you. We're supposed to continue to serve God. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When you take revenge, you're being overcome by evil. You're given that spirit of hate and anger power over you. Just like giving marijuana or alcoholism or pills power over you. Do not be overcome. Do not let it have power over you. But overcome it with good. Overcome that evil with good. Overcome what they have done to you, wrongfully done to you, by continuing to do right, to do good, to be at peace with all men as much as it is able for you to do so. The next verse, chapter 13, verse 1, Every person is to be subjection to the government authorities, governing authorities. Why does that say that immediately? Remember in, the, remember in the original scriptures, there was no chapter divisions. So because there's no chapter divisions, it means that this subjecting yourself to the government is in the same context. Instead of seeking revenge, let God handle it through the police. Now, if they have done you legally wrong, if they've thrown a rock through your window, it's not revenge to call the police. Subject yourself to the police, subject yourself to the governing authorities by calling the police, not in revenge, but to let them handle it. And in that way, God will take care of the situation instead of you running out taking care of it yourself. For there is no authority except from God. That includes Obama, Nebuchadnezzar, Egypt, Iran. There is no authority except from God. God appoints every president. We don't have to vote. We don't need to vote. God appoints every president, every king on this planet, regardless of how many votes go for anyone. That doesn't mean I support Obama. That doesn't mean I agree with his policies. 
I'm very outspoken against Obama. He is an extremely wicked king, extremely wicked, but he is appointed for this end time. There is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists his authority has opposed the ordinance of God. When we resist the authority of man's government, when we say, if somebody says, you don't have to get a driver's license, or you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that, you don't have to obey the government, they are opposing the law of God, the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. When a person does wrong, whether they do it wrong to the government or does it wrong to you or does it wrong to the church or the congregation or to their business they work for, it's going to come back to them. And that is not caramel. It's God. We do not believe in caramel. Caramel, however you pronounce it. Karma. We do not believe in Hinduism. That is a, a Hindu word. We do not believe in Hinduism. We believe in God. God is the, God will have his vintage. Verse 3, chapter 13, verse 3, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil, for evil behavior. If you obey to make yourself to the government, they are not going to come after you. They're going to come after the rebels. I am not a rebel. I am not a patriot. I have no peace or hope for the United States other than the coming of the Lord. I submit myself to the government authority. I submit myself to the rulers appointed by God. I submit myself to God. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I am conservative. Amen. But I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I am a Christian. And I submit myself to all the powers and authorities that God has ordained. And for rulers are not a cause of fear, for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good. And you will have praise from the same. Even when Babylon, a crooked and wicked king, a wicked empire invaded Jerusalem, they treated Jeremiah better than the previous kingdom. The Babylonian invaders, moon worshippers, Muslims, invaded Jerusalem. They treated Jeremiah better than his own people and the Jewish government had. We don't have to fear the government come to round us up. And if they do, it's ordained. It's supposed to be. God said it would happen. Don't fear that, but fulfill your calling, whichever it be, but do not fear these things. Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is a minister of God to you for good. Those police officers are ministers of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, talking about revenge, this is still in the context of revenge. Do not repay evil for evil. But if you do what is evil, in other words, if you take revenge, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing, the police, but it is a minister of God, a revenger 
He brings wrath on the one who practices evil. But this is not the type of uh, avenger that will be destroyed. No, because this is an avenger appointed by God. These are ministers of God. They, the police and the government and the law of man is established by God to bring wrath upon the disobedient, the lawless, the rebellious. Amen. This is not the type of avenger that will be destroyed, but rather it's the type of avenger that is the hand of God himself. It is God's way of getting revenge. Vintage. Vintage is the Lord's through the police, through the government, when people have done you wrong. If they have done you wrong in a way that's not against the law, still live it to the Lord. No, the police won't take care of it if they've not broken the law, but God will still take care of it. Verse 5, therefore it is necessary to be in subjection. We have to subject ourselves to the law. We have to subject ourselves to God, God's power, God's authority, God's timing, his method of revenge, his method of vintage, his method of repay. We know the Bible says that he will repay. We have, when we feel the spirit of revenge coming up in us, we all have those temptations when we're done, done wrong. When we feel that spirit of revenge coming in us, we have to subject ourselves to God and deny ourselves and pick up our cross. Carry that burden to God and let Him take care of it. We have to subject ourselves. We have to subdue that carnal nature. Be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscious sake. But because of this, you also pay taxes, amen, we should pay taxes for rulers or servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, do people right. Do the government right, do one another right, do businesses right, pay your bills, pay your your dues and your vows. Render to all what is due them, and tax to whom tax is due. Custom to whom custom fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, and owe nothing to anyone, meaning meaning that we pay our bills. This does not mean that we should never uh, borrow, but rather it means that once we owe it, we have to pay it, not leave it unpaid. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, verse 9, for this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder. This is in, still in the context that shall not take revenge. When we take revenge, we it is the same spirit of murder. You shall not steal and you shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Would you do yourself wrong? Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Do this knowing the time, that it is already the hour, already the hour, for you to awaken from sleep, for now is salvation nearer to us than when we first believed. When we believed, we know that judgment starts first in the house of God. Our salvation is near, Jesus it's near. We ain't got much longer to go. Let him take care of things. 
subject ourselves to him, his power, his authority, his timing. Don't do things that are dangerous to your soul at this late in the hour. Don't make mistakes this late in the hour. Verse 12, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness. What deeds of darkness is it talking about? Revenge. Let us lay aside that revenge. Let us lay aside that deed of darkness. What's that word deed? Action. A deed is a work, something you actually do. A doing something of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave ourselves. Let us behave properly. Revenge is not behaving properly. Revenge is being out of control. Amen? Revenge is being out of control. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness. Now, people, when they are drunk, that's when they're most likely to take revenge and not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we put on the Lord Jesus as our full armor, put him on, is he going to take revenge? No. Are we going to take revenge? We have to put on the mind of Christ. Now, he's going to take vintage when he comes. But putting on the Lord Jesus means put on that man Jesus when he walked on earth, how he humbled himself at that time. Put that on. And made no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Revenge is a form of lust. There's different forms of lust. Sex, money, cars, uh, many different forms of lust. Revenge is a form of lust. Revenge is selfishness, getting what you want. Selfishness, getting what you want in the flesh by the carnal desire. Revenge is a carnal desire of the flesh. It is not of God. Now, God has a right to vintage, but we have no right except for to surrender it to him to let him take care of it. Now, let's see here. Look at 12.19 again. 12.19. Never take your own revenge. Never take your own revenge. God is going to get vintage for you. It is his right to do that. It is our right to wait for him, to wait on the Lord, to let him do that. Vintage will come, but we don't take it on our own accord. We surrender it to God. He will do it in our behalf. Amen. He will do it on our behalf. Never take your own revenge. Beloved, leave room for the wrath. Leave room for God to get it done at the right time, right place. He will take care of repaying those that have done us wrong. 
For it is written, vintage is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Where is this written? Let's turn there to where it's written in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. Verse 31. Deuteronomy 32, verse 31. Indeed, their rock is not like our rock. In other words, everybody has something they turn to, guns, Drugs, their revenge, whatever they turn to for their refuge, for their hope, for their weapon, for their peace, so-called peace, which is not peace. Indeed, their rock is not like our rock, our hope, our refuge, our answer, our salvation. Even our enemies themselves judge this, amen, for their vine is from the vine of Solomon, Solomon and glory. And from the uh, fields of Galore, their grapes are grass, grapes of poison. Uh, their clusters bitter. Their wine is the venom of serpents and the deadly poison of cobras. It is not laid up in store with me, sealed up. Is it not laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasuries? Vintage is mine. In other words. What has been done on earth is recorded in heaven. What has been done on earth is recorded in heaven, and it will be repaid because it's been recorded, and God is not going to forget it. It's going to be taken care of. Is it not laid up in store with God? Is it not laid up in store for me, sealed up in my treasuries? He knows what occurred. Vintage is whose? His. It belongs to him. When we try to take revenge, we are stealing what belongs to God. We have no right to touch it. We have no right to use it. When something don't belong to you, to you, don't touch it. Don't use it. It belongs to God. Revenge belongs to God. It is not ours. And re-tribulation, repay. In due time, in due time, in due time, their foot will slip, for the day of their calamity is near. Amen. The day of their calamity is near. Is near and the impending things are hastening upon them. It's hastening, it's quickening, it's coming shortly, it's going to happen. This is not a maybe. 
Let God take care of it. Rather than getting our own selves in trouble. Rather than uh, rather than uh, falling under the power of revenge, we are to subdue that and leave it up to God and surrender to God. Now let's look at Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. Verse 22. Proverbs 20, verse Verse 22, do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for Jesus. Wait for Jesus, and he will save you. It's not, we should repay right then and there, but wait on the Lord. In due time, in due time, God will repay. He will save you. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Finally, brethren, finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. Still room for improvement. That you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Sanctification, set apart, being different, being holy unto the Lord. That is, that you abstain. We should abstain from revenge. We should abstain from things, from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. If we are possessing, talking about um, having the right conduct, controlling ourselves, his own vessel, being in control of your own body and mind in sanctification and honor, not being out of control, not losing control, but keep in control of your sanctification, your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, in honor. Verse 5, not in lustful passion. Revenge is a passion, 
Amen. Revenge is a lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man trespass and defraud his brother in the manner. The Lord is the avenger in all of these things. Just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. That's opposite of always taking revenge every time somebody hurts you. Quiet life. Revenge always equals in more trouble. Revenge always, always results in more trouble. The fruit of revenge is always bad. To make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You cannot do that and take revenge. And attend to your own business, your own business, and work with your hands just as we commanded you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. But we do uh, stop right there. Then let's go to Hebrews 30. Hebrews 30. Sisters of Hebrews 30. There ain't no Hebrews 30. I'm always writing down these wrong verses. Lord, oh, have mercy on me. Let's see if I'm fine. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, verse 26. Hebrews 10, verse 26. For if we go on sinning, revenge is sin. If we go on sinning, keep acting the same that we used to act before we got saved, we're still acting the same mannerism, the same immaturity, the same revenge, the same reacting to people the same way we used to react. This is continuing to be the same that you used to be. But if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice to sin but a terrifying expectation of judgment. Amen. Kills vintage, the wrath. A terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. Remember, Psalms 8 talks about destroying the enemies that would be the adversaries and the revengers. Verse 28, anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much severe or more severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot 
the Son of God and has regarded uh, as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, by which we, he, the person who has been saved, was sanctified. When we continue to sin, when we continue to be carnal natured, when we continue to seek revenge, when we continue sinful and carnal things, we are trotting down the blood of Christ, acting as if that blood never had effect upon us, acting as if he has never transformed our mind, our hearts. Of course, it is a process of sanctification. But we have to come to this point where we are surrendering to God. Let him have control of all things. It says, the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and was in, uh, and had insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, another place, the Lord will judge his people. The Lord will judge his people. We don't have to think that people are going to get away with it. A lot of times when we take revenge, we say that word, they're not going to get away with it. Well, they're not. Everything anybody does, everything anybody does is going to come back to you. Not karma, but God is in control. God sees all things. Amen. Why does it say this about vintage in the context of continuing in sin? Because we're continuing to be the same old person that we used to be rather than a sanctified saint of God. Saints do not take revenge. Saints do not take revenge. Verse 31, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Verse 32, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings. Amen, we're going to endure a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle. A public spectacle. People are going to do us wrong and humiliate us in public through reproaches and tribulations and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. But you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. Then take it away. Then take it away. It's just stuff. Just uh, accept joyfully the seizure of your property, properly, knowing that you have for yourself a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And when we take revenge, we are throwing away our sanctification, throwing away our holiness, throwing away who we, who we are to be in Christ, and throwing away our future. Verse 36 for you have need of endurance. We have need of endurance, long-suffering, patience, forbearance. We have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. They're going to receive what was promised them, and we're going to receive what is promised us. Everybody is going to be rewarded for everything they have done wrong and everything they have done right. But when you have done the will of God about surrendering to God, 
submitting yourself to God, quenching the cardinalness, you will receive what was promised. Verse 37, for yet in a little while, very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. We don't live by revenge. We live by faith, knowing that he is coming and he will repay. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We don't want any reason to have to shrink back. When we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, or when we first come up out of that grave, let not our first thought be, oh no, I have reason to shrink back. What have I done? What did I do? We don't want reason to shrink back. Amen. Verse 39, that we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Let us be saints of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's look at 1 Peter 3, over there next to, close to Revelation, 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. After James. Verse 7. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. One Peter three verse seven. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers would not be hindered. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Revenge is the opposite of humble in spirit. Not returning evil for evil. That humble in spirit, remember there was no verse numbers in the original scriptures. There was no separation. There was no comma, no period, no verse number. In between humble in spirit and not returning evil for evil. It was all one sentence with no comma, no period, or no verse number in between. Humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. Amen. But given a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. We were called for the very purpose. That's something to really think about. That would make a whole sermon right there, something to really think about, good study. You were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. So in other words, when we are not humble in spirit, when we take revenge, we are giving up our blessing. Amen. For the one who, when we take, when we feel that spirit of revenge come up in ourselves, we need to say to ourselves, uh-uh, I'm not going to let you who did me wrong, I'm not going to let you steal my blessing. I'm not going to let you steal my inheritance. The thought of revenge is a temptation. And I said in a sermon a long time ago that temptation is an attempt against your soul. Temptation 
is an attempt against your soul to kill you, to steal your life, to steal your blessing. So we should say, no, I'm not going to let you steal my blessing. I'm not going to let you kill me. I'm not going to let you take control of me. I'm not going to follow your lead in doing wrong. I'm not going to submit myself to getting that low. Verse 10, for the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. To seek peace is one thing, but to pursue it goes even farther. Tries harder. Amen. Pursue it is like a, a cop chasing somebody going 100 miles per hour. It's going the extra mile. Verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. Amen. He sees all things. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. And his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. He sees the righteous and he sees the wicked. He knows what they've done. It is no secret. He will repay. Verse 13, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? That don't mean we'll never suffer, that we'll never be done wrong, but ultimately, we're going to have the victory. Ultimately, we're going to have the victory. Verse 14, but even if you should suffer, and we will, and we have. For the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify, sanctify Christ. How do we do that? By conquering all the evil lust, by conquering all the evil temptations. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience. That's very important. Extremely important to have a good conscience. We don't want to feel guilty later. Keep a good conscience. One of the many, many, many reasons that we need to keep a good conscience. It's not only so we don't have need to shrink back at the appearing of the Lord or at the judgment seat of Christ, but also when we lay hands to cast out the sick, to cast out the devils, and to heal the sick, we don't want the devil or worker of the devil or ourselves. At that moment when we're laying hands on the sick or casting out the devil or just praying over somebody, laying on hands or anointing, we don't want that thought, that guilty conscience coming up in our mind saying, but you did this, you did that, you're guilty of this, you're guilty of that. Because we're about, we're about not even lay hands on it if we have a guilty conscience. Because it destroys what we're doing. And we have a guilty conscience. If we're guilty of things, we have a guilty conscience. And you try 
to cast out a devil, that devil is going to come out and tear you and throw you across the wall. So if we're going to be the body of Christ and perform the uh, uh, the works of God and even greater works than he did, then we've got to have a clean conscience. We've got to have a clean conscience. And keep a good conscience. So that in the thing in which you are slandered, slandered, those we vow your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. In other words, put coals of fire on their head. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right than for doing what is wrong. Amen. We're going to suffer. We've got to expect it. We're going to suffer. But let us suffer for doing what is right. Let us suffer for submitting ourselves to the authorities and to God's wrath rather than us taking it upon ourselves and repaying evil for evil. Amen. And let's look in Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Verse 7. Revelation 21, verse Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. He who overcomes, we have to overcome the spirit of revenge. We have to overcome lust. We have to overcome images. We have to overcome paganism. We have to overcome sin and temptation. We have to overcome. We don't have to be delivered of everything. It's better to overcome it. He who overcomes will inherit these things. And I will be his God. This is Jesus speaking. I will be his God. And he will be my son. But for the cowardly or the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and the immoral persons and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That word murderer there deals with lots of different forms of murder. But we know that the scriptures tell us that you can murder just by hating someone. And that is also true with revenge. In fact, I would say that a great majority of people who are in prison for murder did so out of revenge. Amen? Think about that. 
How many people are in prison for murder? What percentage are in there because they murdered out of revenge? They found their husband or their wife with another person. They did wrong. Somebody stole something from them. They did it wrong. They fired them. Whatever. million reasons. Revenge, I would say. Revenge has got to be one of the highest reasons that people are in prison for murder. Look at 1 John 3. 1 John 3. We'll try to read this entire chapter of God willing, 1 John chapter 3. Book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. Amen. If we're children of God, let's act like we are children of God, not children of the devil. Let us act as we are, the children of God. We act like our parents. Amen. Jesus did not seek revenge. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. We act different. We're peculiar people. We act different from the world. We don't act like everybody else acts. We don't take revenge like all the world takes revenge. Revenge is a worldly characteristic. Revenge is a worldly characteristic. It's a worldly mindset. It's a worldly desire. It's a worldly lust. Verse 2. Beloved, now we are the children of God. That's a high thing. That's a mighty thing to be the children of God. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him. Because by that time, we'll be pressed. By that time, we'll be without thought, without wrinkle, without blemish. Amen. We will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Amen. We need to be purified. And pure is pure. As pure as pure can get. That's what we need to become. No excuses, no carnalness, no fleshliness, but purity. That is our goal. Verse 4, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Revenge is sin. Amen. Revenge is sin. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. Christ appeared to us to take away revenge from us. It is his right. God takes away our right of revenge and takes it upon himself. Amen. You know that he came to destroy the works of darkness. Amen. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. Let him take away every unclean thing 
in us. Surrender to that purifying. Surrender to that purification process. And in him there is no sin. When we take revenge ourselves, it is a sin. But when he takes it, it is not a sin. It is his right, not ours. Verse 6, no one who abides in him sins. No excuses. The time is near. He is at the door. We can't make an excuses. We can't, we got to start making excuses. But this, but that, but this, but that. But I'm human, but I'm human, but I'm human, but I'm human. No. You are a spirit in a human body. And you are a child of God, sanctified, called out, peculiar and different from the world. Stop acting like the world. We do not sin. And if we are sinning, let us be purified and remove that sin. Amen. I understand it's a process. I'm guilty as you're guilty. But we have to stop compromising. I have to stop compromising. You have to stop compromising. We've got to get rid of all sin. Let us be crushed. Let us be purified. Let us die to sin. Let us die to the flesh. Let us die to revenge. Surrender to righteousness and holiness. Become as he. Become. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Sin separates us from God, the Bible says. Sin separates us from God. Revenge will separate us from God. Revenge will send us to the lake of fire as a murderer. Those that take revenge will have the label of a murderer upon them in the lake of fire. Verse 7, little children, children of God, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Amen. Just as he is righteous. If we are practicing sin, if we are practicing revenge, we are not righteous. We're not holy. We're not sanctified. We're not ready to meet him. Amen. Just as he is right. Verse 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appears for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Did not say that long ago. Did I not say that long ago? This is the word of God confirming itself. I didn't even know that that would appear in Scripture. It happens every week, Don. The word of God that states through me, the word of God that states is, confirms itself. Amen. The word of God that is spoken is also written as a living word, and he states again, confirms himself. Verse 9, no one who is born of God, are we born of God? Are we his children? Are we of his blood? Are we of his mind? Are we, we are his, not of the devil. No one who born of God practices sin. No excuses. I'm human, I'm human, I'm human. No, you are the child of God. You do not practice sin. So when we have those temptations, remember the definition of temptation is an attempt against your soul. When those temptations, that attempt against our soul comes up, we must take out the sword of the Word of God, the whole armor of God, including that sword, and destroy that temptation. That's not revenge. That is self-defense. Using the sword of the Word of God against that temptation, against your soul, is self-defense. To destroy that work of darkness in you, to quench that evil, Quench not the spirit of God. Quench not the spirit, but quench 
the carnalness and the worldliness and the temptation and the evil and the lust in you and become a child of God. Verse 9, no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Ghost, abides in us and him, and he cannot sin. If we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we cannot sin because we're walking in the Spirit. If we're walking in the Spirit, then we cannot sin. It is contrary to the Spirit of God. If we are sin, we don't have enough of the Spirit. If we and when we sin, we do not have enough of the Spirit. When we sin, we need to get down on our knees and beg and cry for more of the Spirit. Fill me up, God, because if enough of you is in me, I cannot sin. Amen. I cannot sin if I have enough of him in me. Because the two will not exist in one place. The devil and God will not both abide in you. If you have the Spirit of God, you cannot be possessed. If you are of the world, yes, you can be possessed. If you are lost, undone, and dead, and have not the Spirit of life in you, you can be possessed. But if you have the Spirit of life in you, you cannot be possessed. It cannot dwell in one place. You cannot take the Lord's table and the devil's table at the same time. So, why are we making excuses? Why we continue to say, I'm like the world, I'm human, I'm human, I'm human. I sin, I sin, I sin. No. Let us stop this immaturity. Let us stop this carnalness, this worldliness. Let us stop acting like the person we used to be and act like a new creature in Christ Jesus. New creature, not the old. Whenever we are born of God, we are a new creature. The old is gone. The jealousy is gone. The envy is gone. The revenge is gone. The hate is gone. The lust is gone. All these things must flee in the presence of God. All these things must flee flee in the presence of God. Let his presence fill us up the presence of holiness and righteousness, the Spirit of God in us, to sanctify us, to sanctify us. We have a high calling. We have a high calling. It is not low. Let us not trample it underfoot. Let us not trample it underfoot. Let us not count the blood of God in vain. Verse 10, for this, is the children of God and the children of the devil or obvious. Two different sets of people, not the same. Let us not act like the children of the devil. They are obvious the way they act. Look, talk, behave, think. But let the children of God be obvious too. Let the children of God be obvious that we don't think like the world, act like the world, react like the world. We don't react like the world reacts. You do us wrong, we pray for you. Amen. Instead of taking revenge. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not a God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Verse 11. For this is the message. Amen. Is the message the Sabbath? No. Is the message the Torah? No. Is the message the Sabbath day? No. This is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, 
Amen. Now this Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother. You know why Cain killed his brother? Revenge. Revenge. His brother. It was revenge. Amen. Murder. Murder. Spirit of revenge. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. But for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil, and his brother's was righteous. Cain had evil deeds. Remember, the word of God confirms itself. I spoke of that earlier. Deeds, the actions of revenge, are evil. But his brother's was righteous. Verse 13, do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. Don't let it shock you. Don't react to it wrongfully. When the world hates you, when the world does you wrong, when the world lies against you and slanders you, when you suffer for doing right, when you suffer and they slander you, don't have that reaction of surprise because surprise brings revenge. You've got to expect that you're going to suffer. Amen. Verse 14, we know that we have passed out of death, out of that worldliness, out of that old way, into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us. Amen. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. But whoever has the world's goods and see his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him. Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Let us love with our actions, not words only, but our actions, and our actions reveal who we really are. Amen. How we're going to react, how we're going to work, how what we're going to do, how we're going to respond to those that do us wrong. Amen. Not with word or tongue. Words are all vanity, but in deed and in truth. Verse 19. We will know by this that we are of the truth. We will assure our heart before him. We will have a good conscience. We will not have to shrink back. We will assure our heart before him. Amen. And whatever our heart condemns us, let us have a good conscience. Let not our heart condemn us. Let not we not have to shrink back when we lay hands on the sick, that we don't have to shrink back when we're casting out devils of a guilty conscience. We won't have to shrink back at his appearance. Verse 20, And whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. God knows all things. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight 
We don't do the things pleasing in our sight. We do the things pleasing in his sight. Amen. That's opposite of revenge. Amen. Verse 23, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments, that would include pay not evil with evil. All of his commandments. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us. This is how we know that he abides in us. We seek not our revenge. We give not place to the devil, but we surrender to God. Amen. By the spirit whom he has given us. Let us be called the children of the Lord. Let us be called the children of the Lord. Let us be called the saints of God without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Revenge is a horrible blemish, sore, a grievous sore, a, a, a boil upon us. Let us remove the spirit of the devil, spirit of revenge. Amen. Praise God. But the power of the Holy Ghost is able to quench our carnal appetite for revenge. The Holy Ghost overpowers evil, hate, wickedness, and revenge. The Word is alive in us and controls, and the Word controls us. The Spirit of God controls us from doing wrong. We submit to the control of Jesus Christ willingly. We choose to listen and obey our Master, our Lord, our King, our God. His name is Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Above all, in the name of Jesus Christ, we surrender ourselves to him and to his spirit, to his holiness, and to his right. Vintage is his. It is his right, not ours. Let us not steal his right. Let us not think that it is our right but it is his right. Amen. Okay? Well, I believe this is all that God has laid on my heart today to share with you, give to us, to all the body of Christ, for all edification and godly correction, his word, his will, his truth, that we may become the body of Christ. Amen. Praise God. You've been listening to the live services from Eastern Tennessee. I saw the light ministries, and I really encourage you to check out the ministry website, I saw the light ministries.com. I saw the light ministries.com. This is Pastor Tim, and we're here every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Time. 12 noon Eastern Time, that's 11 Central. And uh, we're based in East Tennessee, and you can check out the website, isawthelightministries.com. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate Reverend Kenneth uh, Jenkins. Uh, appreciate you tuning in as well. Appreciate Lisa in New York State. And appreciate Jennifer in Wisconsin, Anthony and Crystal here in person. Thank you for listening, and I pray that the Word of God has blessed you richly today. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
praise God.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.